Doing this will kind of prove your case to your landlord or your real estate agent that what they've tried to increase to is not achievable and is not the median price point within your area. And I think it's also such a good point to pull in neighbouring suburbs being like, okay, well, I can move five minutes down the road and you were then out of a tenant for at least a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And have to go through the process of finding somebody who is as trustworthy and beautiful as I'm sure you are. Hey chicks, I'm Al. And I'm Sal. And this is Two Broke Chicks, the show that we share life lessons because we're broke in funds but rich in life. And let me tell you, <laughs> are we broke in funds? Yep. Because we live in Sydney. <laughs> It's so sad, hey? You know, not only Sydney, but all of Australia is in a fucking living crisis, let me tell you. It is cooked. Mm -hmm. So rent in Australian capital cities has gone up by almost 12% in the last 12 months, 11.7% to be precise. Mm -hmm. So that's in the lead up to April 2023. And that's actually the largest increase that we've ever seen according to CoreLogic. I'd believe it. I believe it. That's literally how much my rent went up this year was 12%. And it hurt my feelings. (laughs) And I took it personally. So what's going on is that many landlords are passing off the increase in interest of their mortgages onto their tenants and we're paying people's mortgages for them, which is super cool. <laughs> and Sal and I wanted to do an episode on this because everyone's really feeling the pinch on rent, on the cost of living, and it can feel very like, well, like what am I to do? Like it's very overwhelming you feel quite defeated. And even when we were doing the research for this episode, we were looking up, you know, hacks to save on rent, ways to save on rent other than our tips that we've learned ourselves. And it was all buy a house. Every single time it was like buy a house or move back home with your parents. Or live with other people. Doi. Yeah. What do you think I'm doing? It was defeating. But don't worry. We have broken down multiple ways that you can save on your rent and your bills and your cost of living in this episode that will actually save you money and it's not going to be like how to save for a house deposit even though you're on minimum wage (laughs) (laughs) and you're paying someone else's mortgage. Yeah. So we're going to talk about how to negotiate your rent, how to get your bond back, and then some other tips, tools and tricks on how to save on energy, groceries and other little life hacks living with other people. But before we jump into our episodes, we do like to give a little product rec of the week. So Sal, would you like to kick us off? What have you got for me? What Mm -hmm. am I buying? (laughs) <laughs> I buy it every week, except for that tooth one, the yeah. water floss thing. That's okay. The it's not pick. for everyone. Yeah. My product wreck of the week is a pair of jeans from Riders by Lee. <laughs> and they're the high baggy jeans. And they're literally like the comfiest pair of jeans. Mm, I love jeans. I've ever, I know you love jeans. I love jeans. <laughs> jeans are so good. They are, they're the best. But these are literally the comfiest pair of jeans I think I've ever worn. I love just wearing jeans on a night out. Mm, me too. Jeans and a nice top. They go with everything. <laughs> it yeah. just makes the night the they best. Do. But this pair is only $130, so pretty reasonable when you're looking at jeans out there. I definitely recommend this brand. 
So my product rec is perfect for winter, but honestly, any time of year. I'm a dry skin girly. I have eczema and it's so tricky to find things that I feel like hydrate my skin and really hydrate my skin for longer than like a couple of hours. And it is kind of a sister product to a viral product. So it's the, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, by the way, (laughs) the Waleda, Waleda Mm -hmm. skin food was the viral product, but that was kind of what people would use as a primer on their face before they would do their makeup. Anyway, they've brought out a sister product as a body lotion. I've seen so this. It's the Waleda Skin Food Body Lotion. And I am going to be hard pressed to find another body lotion that I want to buy other than this one. It literally absorbs into your skin so quickly. You don't feel oily or like you can go down a slip and slide at your family's (laughs) barbecue that weekend. But not only does it really hydrate your skin and I feel like it stays hydrated all day, it gives your skin this glow and this shine. And I feel like it even like kind of evens your skin tone a little bit. It is black magic in a bottle and it's only $29.99, so 30 bucks, and you can get it from Priceline. And Sal and I are lucky enough to receive quite a few products through brands and in PR because of you chicks, thankfully. <laughs> Thanks for that, guys. So I feel like there's always stuff to try, but I'm fully repurchasing this. Mm. Like a repurchase is my measure of a good product and, like, I'm stocking up. Yeah, it's so true. It's amazing. Okay, you've got me sold. It's, I want to try It's amazing. It. Like if you have dry skin and you want to make your fake tan last or you just want to be hydrated and glow – please, please try this product. Like I'm actually, I'm begging, (laughs) try it because there's no gatekeeping and I promise you won't regret it. Into it. Mm. I'm going to try it. I'll try yours first. (laughs) There's none left. Oh, fuck. There's none left. I've used it all. So, rent. I know. It's the dreaded word. We all get to that time of the month and we're like, oh, I have to pay rent. So, We were kind of hoping that when the Labor government would release their budget, we would get a little bit of rental relief. And so the budget was just released at the time of this recording and the government is increasing the maximum fortnightly rental assistance payments by 15%. This means that the maximum increase is up to $31.76, which is a massive, whopping, huge rental assistance of $1 to $2 per day. Yep. That's not that. No. And this assistance is also only available to people who receive income support or family tax benefits and are living in private rental or community housing, which it should be available to those people. But what is that going to do? How is that going to help? I saw a pedestrian article and they were like, all the things you can't buy with your $1 to $2 from the rental assistance. And it was like a loaf of bread, a potato. It's grim. <laughs> it's, it's grim out there. Mm-hmm. And as well, we were kind of really hoping that we would see a rental freeze within this new budget and within the new legislation just to give tenants and renters that little bit of relief to landlords rising costs and weekly fortnightly and monthly rent but alas there is not and it's been kind of a massive topic of conversation of rents being increased I know mine was increased by 12 percent this year Mm -hmm. and then there's also Chantelle Schmidt who you may have seen on 
Pedestrian Mama Mia TikTok, she went viral for discussing how her landlord increased her rent by $350 a week. What the fuck? Insane. And so this is not an uncommon occurrence. Obviously, Chantel's story has gone far and wide, as it should. I hope her landlord sees it and is very embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I want her to name and shame. I know. Her landlord. If your devil of a landlord comes to you <laughs> and wants to increase your rent, there are a few things that you can do and negotiate a lower rent. Mm-hmm. So here's how to negotiate your rent with your landlord. The first question we should be asking is how often can rent be increased on a periodic lease? So if you've gotten three rent increases in the last year, maybe question that. Every state in Australia can raise rent once every 12 months with 60-day notice period, except for Victoria, Western Australia and the Northern Territory, which can be once every six months with a 60-day notice period. Mm-hmm. So there is no legislation on how much a landlord can increase your rent by. It is simply how often, mm-hmm. which is cool, don't you think? Yeah, I love it. I think it's actually amazing um, <laughs> that your landlord can be like, mm, maybe $1,000 more. Anyway, we're not going to dwell on the <laughs> negative stuff. We're going to talk about, let's say that your landlord has come to you and said that they're going to increase your rent. Here's what you can do. Here are your negotiation options. Mm-hmm. Number one, request to reduce the amount of the increase or keep as is. Mm-hmm. Obviously, most landlords aren't going to be like, sure, if you ask them. But what you can do to strengthen your case is pull in examples of the median rental price of similar properties advertised in your area or nearby areas Mm -hmm. and give examples of, well, I could pay this much for this type of apartment in the neighbouring suburb. Yeah. So, you know, can can we meet in the middle here? Yep. If you know that your lease is going to be up, start looking at other rental properties in the market six to eight weeks beforehand and start building your case in preparation. If your landlord will increase your rent in this market, it is highly likely that that will happen. If your landlord is super rich and has forgotten about you, I envy you. But (laughs) doing this will kind of prove your case to your landlord or your real estate agent that what they've tried to increase to is not achievable and is not the median price point within your area. And I think it's also such a good point to pull in neighbouring suburbs being like, okay, well, I can move five minutes down the road and you are then out of a tenant for at least a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And have to go through the process of finding somebody who is as trustworthy and beautiful as I'm sure you are. Another thing is to compare the percentage increases year on year. So I know you did this, Al when your landlord Mm -hmm. came to you with rental increase? Yeah. So my rental increase for the prior year was 4%, which tried to push back on that and they said no and I was like, okay, fair enough. But then what I did was when they tried to increase by 12% this year, I pulled in the percentage of last year and then the percentage of this year, which 4% and 12% is a very different number, and then requested to have a 4% increase which they said no to, and then I requested to meet in the middle. So doing that is like, okay, I get that you need to increase the rent and that you're going to do that anyway, but why don't we have a number that we're both comfortable with and 
meet in the middle. Because mm-hmm. I think we have to go in with realistic expectations that we have seen that there's a rental crisis going on, but also proving your case of you as a tenant that you have lived there for, if you have lived there for a while, point that out in your inspections. If you've always gotten glowing reviews, pointing that out to these people, because that is still something being like, look, I've lived here for two years. My rent was increased by 4% last year. I am a clean tenant. I never call in, you know, repairs or anything like that. Can we meet in the middle? And oftentimes you can get a little bit lower. Mm, Exactly. And it doesn't hurt to ask. And Another thing that you can do when you're negotiating your rent is you might have to pull in some leverage. So, for example, you can say, I will sign a fixed lease for the next 12 months if we can agree on this price. Mm. That's going to give them the security that they're going to have a steady income from you and that they're not going to have to go out and find a new tenant. Mm. So I think that can help. Also, if you know an electrician or a plumber or a handyman or woman or they who can help fix things around the apartment and you're not going to have to call them up to organise for something to be repaired, that also can give you a little bit of leeway and wriggle room to negotiate a cheaper price because it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to call you to front these costs. I'll cover those. Mm, Love. So to summarise... When you're going back negotiating in that email, highlight the median rental price of properties advertised in similar areas. Compare the percentage increases year on year. Highlight low costs to the landlord of living, i.e. limited repairs. There haven't been many plumbers coming in, electricians. You haven't been a high cost to the landlord. You may provide leverage. So I will live here for 12 months if we can agree on this price and to offer to cover the costs of repairs. If you haven't had a plumber coming in for the last 12 months, likely you probably won't need one. But if you'd have a friend that is gorgeous and then you can negotiate that price down. The other thing you can do when you're negotiating your rent is to request a longer notice period before the rental increase applies to give you enough time to either talk to your employer about a raise and be very open with them being like, look, my rent's just gone up this much. Could we discuss my performance at work and potentially a pay rise? Mm -hmm. And then lastly, if you can't come to an agreement We take the Chantel Schmidt route (laughs) and we apply to the tribunal within 30 days of receiving the rent increase notice. So they will look at your case and they will do the comparison for you and whether or not the increase is a fair increase. They'll also look at the state of your apartment and your history as a tenant and see whether or not the value of that apartment is reflected in the rent increase that has been put forward. Mm -hmm. And then the tribunal has the power to set the rent for the next 12 months. It might be the areas in me, but I love this route. Mm -hmm. Me too. Being like, dad. Yeah. (laughs) I think like, sucker. I think it's great because as well, a real estate agent is there to get their commission they're not really on your side. I've literally had a real estate agent at an inspection. She's like, it's really clean. And I was like, yeah, I know. Like we had our rent put up last year. So I'm hoping that we won't see that this year with how well it's kept. She goes, oh yeah, well, I'm not on your side for that. My God. I was like, thanks. But um, cool. And then lo and behold, mm-hmm. months later, she came in hot. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, that was a real tea. On yeah, that. that was a real 
But yeah, that's the way the cookie crumbles. But there's a few things that you can do. Yeah, to and don't your rent. Yeah, don't go in defeated. Like, be strong. You know, assert yourself mm-hmm. and go in with the facts. I think with how much this is a topic of conversation right now, there is some wiggle room, and there is some support if it does go to tribunal. Yeah, and if you go in with the facts and something prepared. You will feel more confident because this can be a really emotional conversation. It's very stressful. It's so, very stressful. Which we totally understand, but this will just give you the information that you need to make a strong case for yourself. Yeah, and when you are negotiating your rent, don't respond in redhead. Don't respond or email or call while you are still in the emotions and absorbing the information of a rental increase because you will not be your strongest flirty thriving self while you were in that space and you're not your smartest self you're your in your heart you're not in your head Mm. so make sure you go into your rental increases with your head and a little bit of your heart Mm -hmm. maybe sleep on it yeah have a little nap maybe yeah whatever you need to do okay so if you have decided to you know Throw deuces to your landlord <laughs> and your Yeet realtor. The hell out of there. And move out of your space because it has gotten too expensive. Here is how you can get your bond back. So, before you move out, invest in a bond clean. Many bond cleaners offer refunds if you don't get your bond back after getting a bond clean. So, that's an amazing way to have a little bit of security, you know, either way, even if your landlord is being a total asshole. Mm. And even though it's many cleaners, Go with the cleaner that offers that. Find a cleaner in your area that offers a refund if you don't get your bond back due to cleanliness being the reason for no bond refund. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. They're out there. The average cost of a bond clean in Sydney is $250 for a one-bedroom and $400 for a three-bedroom. So when you consider how much you could get back from your bond – by doing that and also if you're living in an apartment with a housemate or multiple housemates this will split down that individual cost and it's so worth it it is 1000% worth it because i was living in a three bedroom house with three people the bond clean came to $150 each spending the time to clean that house would have easily taken nearly two days to do a proper clean they clean the walls they really scrub down everything and that's going to really give you peace of mind and give time back in your pocket because that's invaluable mm-hmm. in my eyes. And so when you've done that, you're set up pretty securely. So if your landlord does come to you and says you're not getting your bond back, there is damage to the house. So here is what to ask if your landlord refuses to give you your bond back. Number one, you're going to ask for a list of damages. You want an itemized list of everything that's happened to the house with photographic proof. Then you're going to ask for quotes from the repairers. You're then going to cross-check this with the exact repairers. You need the company name or the contractor that's going to be doing the repairs. And then if the price checks out, go do your own research and then find someone cheaper. Last, ask for the receipts. Oftentimes the cost of repairs aren't as high as what a landlord will state. So you will get some of your bond back Mm -hmm. and we love that. All right, so let's run through a quick little list of things that your landlord or agent can claim for your bond. Number one, repairs. 
So if the premises has been damaged and they've had to call somebody in, that is outside of fair wear and tear from when you're living there. So if they've had to call someone in for a hole in the wall, yes, they can claim that against you. If there's a slight stain on the carpet, no, that's pretty standard. Mm -mm. Next one, cleaning. If you've left any part of the premises not reasonably clean, so mould in the bathroom or kitchen, probably not going to get that back. But if there's like a small mark on the wall, you, that's not going to come out of your bond. However, you got a bond clean, so that's fine. The other costs that they can claim against you are the replacement of locks or security devices. So if you lost your key, <laughs> unpaid rent, obviously, and other charges that you may owe under the tenancy. So if they come to you and they say, oh, well, there was a little mark on the carpet, so you're not getting your bond back, that's they can't do that. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of the time they expect you to just be like, okay. Roll over and take it. And not know what your rights are. So go in with this list so that you, you know, can prove your case. Because as well, I think we're often like, it's so defeated and you're just like, yeah, okay, I don't get my bond back. But that's a lot of money and that's a bond that you need for your next place mm -hmm. that you will be moving to. And I think all of these are a good reminder that when you move into your next place, take photos of everything. Take photos of the marks on the walls and on the carpet or any damages so that you can have these as receipts when you move out. Be like, that wasn't me. I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. That was here when I got here. Especially if there was a hook on the wall when you moved in. Okay, so now we're going to jump into a few other ways that you can save while renting across your electricity, your groceries and some other budgeting tips for living out of home. Mm -hmm. So how to save on everyday living while renting. Spoiler, none of these are move home or buy a house. Yeah, none of these are save for a house deposit. <laughs> Not okay. in this economy. I yes, really need I to wish. stop peppering that into my... Yeah, like, every time. Every time something's expensive, I'm like, Not in this, this economy. economy. Well, it's true. Mm -hmm. Okay, how to save on electricity when you're renting. Only use electricity and heating in rooms you're using. I know this seems obvious, but I do this all the time. You leave lights on in rooms that you're not in or you have the heater on and you're in a completely different room or you have all the doors open and it's not doing anything. We're turning into our dads. I know. <laughs> I know. We're turning into our dads coming home after you've been out seeing the bathroom heater on being like, oh, did you leave the bathroom heater on? And you're like, oh, fuck. I know. I, like, really want to apologise to my parents for giving them so much shit because I get it. Being like, who cares? It's just a bulb. Mm -hmm, exactly. But electricity makes up to 25% of your energy usage in the home. So it really all adds up. There are some energy plans out there that will charge you less for using your electricity outside of peak times, which is usually between 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. If you choose one of these plans, you can shower late at night or run your dishwasher or washing machine during these off-peak times, and that can save you a lot of money. Or if you do shift work, that can also be great if you're not even at home during the day. Mm. Like, you may as well. Plus, I feel like I prefer to use my appliances at that time. Like, you've cooked dinner, you've put it all in the dishwasher... Chuck it on right before you go to bed. Wake up in the morning and you unstack it then. Or like recently invested in a washer dryer. It's one of my new personality traits. Literally chuck it in there. Chuck my like dirty washing in there at night. Put it on a wash. It then automatically dries it. Wake up, clean clothes. Yeah, 
It's a win-win. Bob's your uncle. Love it. Mm -hmm. Also, wash and dry, people. Get around it. (laughs) Also, use cold water instead of hot water when you can, especially when you're washing your clothes. It's better for your clothes anyway if you wash them with cold water. Also, it's better for you if you wash you with cold water. That too. There's so many studies that show having a cold shower has so many benefits versus a hot shower. In winter, maybe not achievable, but it is good for you and your hair and your skin to have a cold shower. And last but not least, invest in smart technology bulbs and power units that automatically turn off. I love a smart bulb. Mm. You can turn it red too. Yeah. Sexy. And you Mm -hmm. can usually do it from your phone when you're, Mm -hmm. so you're not like, fuck, did I leave the straightener on? Moving on to our next category. Am I RuPaul? Maybe. (laughs) How to save on groceries. So buying produce that's in season is definitely cheaper. Also recognising products that have good organic regulations. There are so many products that are organic, but the regulations around how to deem it organic really doesn't make that much of a difference. There is called the Dirty Dozen, which organic for them is a lot better. So things like strawberries and blueberries, organic is a bit stronger, but then as well other produce isn't as highly regulated, so you don't need to be buying organic. Mm. Opt in for no-name brands for non-perishables like cleaning products, containers and bin bags because, again, glad we love you, but Woolies has the same thing for $3 cheaper and it adds up. A dollar you save every day on whether it's your cleaning products, an apple, whatever it is, that is still $365 back in your pocket for the year. Mm-hmm. That could potentially make up your rent increase. Yeah, you know? seriously. So also another one is to use supermarket rewards programs like Woolworths Rewards and Flybys to save money off your shop. I'm a big fan of this. I've recently become an Woolworths online groceries weekly person. Mm-hmm. You can also use Shopback for these which is a great way to save an extra money. Metro 60, which is kind of like the new milk run, there was shop back for 10% off Metro 60. That's so good. Exactly. So you can still be saving. And they've got a special section. I have, like, put the gamification of online shopping to my grocery orders. (laughs) Like, I go to the special section, I'm like, love. It's like I'm shopping in, like, a Princess Polly sale when I was, like, 16. Mm. I do that too. And then I build my recipes around that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is on sale. What can I do with that? And last but not least, some budgeting tips for when you're living out of home with others. Trigger warning for Al, splitwise. You'll find that when you live out of home, there's always one person that ends up doing the majority of the shopping or they pick up the toilet paper or they notice that there's no bin bags and they end up you know, covering the costs. Mm-hmm. Or if you're doing a tip for tat for I'll buy groceries this week, you buy them next week. Mm. And, you know, somebody usually ends up out of pocket. Whereas something like Splitwise makes it so much easier to itemise exactly what you're spending your money on and split it really evenly with everyone. Exactly. Because as well, people might not realise, that's the thing, like if you're especially living in a household with three plus people in it, a lot of the time people might not necessarily realise who has bought the toilet paper or when it's their turn. So even creating a petty cash system that each month you all transfer a set amount into that card or account, then that card can be used for all of those transactions. So whenever toilet paper needs to be bought, you use that petty cash Mm -hmm. and it just takes the personal 
spending out of it and it makes it more just like household income. And then the other one living with people is to put your foot down a bit with spending. If someone needs to pay you back, if they owe you for the electricity bill or they owe you for, you know, maybe they ask to pay rent a little bit later because they're a bit tight that month or for groceries, whatever that is, take the personal out of it. So if the electricity bill is due by the 30th of June, that person is paying you by the 30th of June. And if they say, oh, can I pay you? It's a, the bill's due on the 30th. Like it's not you saying that, that's just how you set the standard. And it's not like, oh, okay, I'll cover it this month and just pay me back maybe next month. I think as soon as that kind of level is set, I mean, if you're living with like your best friend, yeah, like you can help them out a little bit. But I think sometimes people can definitely take the piss oh my when you're God, living yeah. with them. And you don't want to set that bar that they can maybe have a little bit of wiggle room with payments because then you're out of pocket. I feel like, okay, I don't want to paint people with a brush, but often in my experience this has happened and then you see them going out or treating themselves to something and you're like, but, but the rent. Yeah. Or, but the thing you owe me for, yeah. you know? And I think it can become a bit of a habit for that person. And they might not even realize as well. They're like, oh, she's fine. She hasn't said anything. She doesn't say care. something. But say something say and something. put your foot down. If you see something, say something. <laughs> <laughs> At the airport and in your finances. Mm. Well, that is a wrap on today's episode of Two Broke Chicks. We know that. The living crisis at the moment is not necessarily the funnest of topics, but we wanted to discuss this because I think we could all do with a little bit of help right now in how to navigate it and to also know that you are not alone in this situation. It's stressful. It's a bit scary, but we're all here for you. And with the right information and the strength in being educated, you got this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We believe in you, chicks. Mm-hmm. Damn the man. Damn the man. <laughs> damn the landlord and damn the realtors. <laughs> on that note. On that note. Thanks to you, chicks, for having us in the ears. We love to be here. And if you're in real estate, I know it's not you. Yeah, we know this yeah. is also your job. Like, it's you your know? job, but you also have to pay rent. It's more the ones that, like... Probably working in like the Coogee Vaucluse like <laughs> mansions with landlords that like do not need an extra fifty bucks a week. I don't want you to think that we hate you yeah. at all. No, we don't. We love you. Yeah, you are just doing your job. But for the others out there, <laughs> we'll get you. We, we have a special range of skills. <laughs> skills of finding realtors like you. We will find you, and we will raise your rent. <laughs> Jokes. They all have houses. Shit. Yeah, fuck. Back to the drawing board. <laughs> Back to the drawing board. Thanks, Jinx. Oh, oh, also shout out to MIK Studios for making today's episode of Two Broke Chicks happen. We absolutely love you. Thanks for paying our bills. Love you. Love you. Bye, Bye chicks. Bye.